Welcome to the Gifted in Real Life podcast, where we discuss all things gifted learning, whether you yourself are gifted, you're parenting, counseling, or helping to launch someone gifted. This is the place to discuss your journey without the fear of judgment. I insist that you relax and enjoy the show. to have done on your children. So one thing that I wanted to come back to was the fact that you said that you were talked out of it. Mm -hmm. And that kind of breaks my heart because it's so prevalent. Um, A lot of kids don't test into this, um, test into giftedness courses because there are levels of giftedness, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that they're not gifted. And again, my, my point is not about being gifted for giftedness sake. But there is just so much research about what happens to these individuals when they don't get the services that they need. For example, some kids need to skip a grade, some don't. If a kid needs to skip a grade and they don't, they run the risk of dropping out of school. When they get to high school and they can, like 20 plus percent of them will drop out for various reasons and they're gifted. Um, Another over 20% end up incarcerated because they are bored and they just don't have enough to do. And, And I say that because it's important, but when a kid who does have the capacity to skip a grade, they need that acceleration do, they are 60% more likely to do well, 60%. So that's the reason that I harp on it because Some of these learning disabilities or whatever you want to call them that kids have overlap, like the markers for them are identical, like giftedness and ADHD, it's almost impossible to tell the difference on a test. And a lot of people don't know that. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also, um, you know, some forms of autism that overlap with ADHD and um, gifted, well, it's a part, it can be a part of a, a gifted person's profile. So again, I'm about looking at the symptoms or whatever you want to call those that your child demonstrates and getting them the best um, intervention that they can have. I I consider the gifted mind to be something like driving a stick shift. Did you ever learn how to drive a stick? No, I didn't. So when you drive a stick versus a manual transmission, when you get into a car that has a... um, you know, the car that most people drive today where you just get in and you press the accelerator or the brake, that's easy. That's yeah. like a, a neurotypical brain, a neurodiverse brain. When you get into the car, you have to, not only you have to hit the accelerator, you have to punch that clutch and you have to ease off the accelerator like this at just the right time or your car won't move. You're gonna um, you're gonna stall it out. You're gonna burn up that clutch. It's not gonna work properly, and so that's why I'm such a an advocate for this population because they are so misunderstood. A lot of people think that it is like a rich person's problem or issue. They think that gifted kids are all smart and learning and school is easy for all of them. They know the right answers. That's not who they are, mm-hmm. and when it comes to 
children who are non-white, um, it's really devastating how much they get looked over. And I was in a meeting on Friday with some other people who are gifted education experts and they research and they have their specific uh, fields of work that they do. And this awesome lady, um, I hope to interview her. She has done a lot of work around um, coming up with good assessments and evaluations for getting children into these programs so that they can get the services that they need because they need stimulation. Um, and we got to the, the data, we were breaking, she had broken it down, it was a beautiful presentation. And she was talking about different subcategories um, by ethnicity and just various other uh, points of data. But when it comes to children who are African-American, they are largely left out of this group. And I asked, you know, so why is that? Nobody has the, an answer for it. And I think it has a lot to do with this false perception that has been perpetuated in our country for a very long time that would suggest that people who are African-American are not as smart, when it's actually quite different. I have research that shows that genius is common in our community, but a lot of people don't talk about that. They don't know it. But these are white scientists from um, who are from a, an organization that's backed by Yale who actually did some research on it. So I, I, I long for the day when that's not a barrier to entry. And I also long for the day when we have a, a test that is better designed to identify these people so that they can get their needs met. Because the, for to me, the COGAD is not a good indicator because it's about achievement. And that's not what giftedness is all about. So I think I'm done with that rant. <laughs> um, yeah, again, it's just about getting them what they need. Um, you know, just and because a lot of them hate school because it's not a fit for them. Right. Yeah. As a counselor, I also try to help kids to understand um, that if they can get through a certain area, <laughs> that on the other side, things will be better. You right. Know? So kind of like a means to an end. Right. And they have a little more autonomy and flexibility in what it is they want to study and what it is they want to do. So, I mean, at the level I am at now, uh, it's even more of a push, you know, it's like you're this close to being done and this is what needs to happen in order for you to do this. So that's kind of my motivating speech to kind of help them to see that, you know, you're almost there. And I know this is not ideal for you, but if you can get these things done, you will have more flexibility to be able to do some of the things you really want to do. So right. do what you have to do so you can do what you want to do later. That's so. right. That persistence and resilience. So that's an important conversation to have and something that's important to, to practice. Um, I think that it's important that Kids, do you mention executive function earlier? And executive function is something that all kids have to work on. 
but particularly give the kids have to work on it. Uh, and people make jokes about it. I see memes all the time. Like on the one side, they're so brilliant, they can do this, but they may not be able to do something like tie their shoe. <laughs> so I think it's important not to take it lightly. And I think it's important to actually teach executive function skills to students um, so that they can you know, just learn how to overcome that so that when they do get to the point where it's time for them to graduate and they go into the workplace or they go to college or wherever they are, they are able to have a true sense of agency and those things aren't making them struggle as they're just trying to get to the, get through the next phase of their lives. Well, I agree. You do have to teach it, but they have to be receptive. And <laughs> most of the time they're not. <laughs> Again, that's all kids, of course, who wants to clean up. They, they're not. I tell you, um, my son was in AVID. We let him become, you know, be a part of the AVID program because they have that. How did he get to be in AVID? Well, you know, it's different criteria, different depending on. I guess, and it's a phenomenal program. I brought it to the last school where I, where I was a principal, so I'm definitely a proponent, but I just know that you both have degrees, and that's one of the well, it used to be one of the requirements, but that's good because I think that I like how they teach um, the kids how to speak up for themselves. And I love that they teach them Socratic seminar. Yeah, or the, you know, the whole organization piece, but that becomes uh, more of a hindrance to some students because they're trying to focus on a binder, you know, and that takes away their time for doing other things. So, and, and that was the issue with my son, but he stayed in it two years, but I, I don't see any carryover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. That's so funny. I'm going through that with my oldest right now. As a matter of fact, she's at the neighbor's house. And one of her requirements was you need to write down what you have to do this week at school in your planner today. So you can go into the week and at least having an idea of what to expect. So just being able to plan ahead. Does she know where the planner is? <laughs> I, I should be on the floor laughing right now because no, she didn't. She See? left it in the car. I'm gonna tell you. In the pouch. Yeah. <laughs> always does her homework, has so many missing assignments, but she always completes it. Look, I make sure she does. You you gotta know where the planner is in order to use the planner to plan. But anyway. So on that note, on that note, I like to, to uh, talk about some people that I think are gifted in real life. And it's not that I just think it, I've actually done a little bit of sleuthing on them, like as best I could find on the internet. Um, and I, I think some people might be surprised and some might not, but of course, like um, a Mark Zuckerberg would fit that category, but he didn't finish college and he is rumored to be on the spectrum. Not sure if he is. Um, Elon Musk, same thing. He's on the spectrum. He actually publicly acknowledged it, I guess, in the past six months when he was on Saturday Night Live, which I'm not sure why he hosted that, but he did mention that Bill Gates um, is also rumored to be on the spectrum as well. Um, uh, but some other people who are also gifted that some people may not be aware of, um, but I, I, I know this because I researched him. I don't know that he was a part of a gifted program or not, but I suspect that he is an individual who does have high anxiety. 
um, Snoop Dogg. Okay. Oh yeah, I'm sure he does. Anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> Medicaid. He should, he should have no anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, okay. um, Little Wayne. Um, I I don't I don't know any of these people personally, but I know people who know them. My husband used to work with somebody who went to school with him mm-hmm. and they talked about how he did on certain tests or how smart he was. Mm-hmm. Um, Alicia Keys is another one. Um, there are some others, but I, I like to bring those people out because I think it's in Oprah, definitely. Um, again, she went to college to study journalism. She didn't finish because one of the things about gifted learners is that they throughout their lives, they find things that they're passionate about and they sometimes like study them voraciously for a period of time. And then they go on to the next thing. Sometimes they come back to it, but they figure out what they love like at a really young age. And a lot of times they can be talked out of it. Sometimes they can't. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's a a beautiful thing because to one thing that, um, that, you do to be considered an expert in your field is that you have 10,000 hours of experience and or learning at something. Mm -hmm. And so these kids can get this in when they are kids before they even graduate from high school. And so I think it's important to push that. I talk a lot about entrepreneurship and how I, I think it's really important for gifted learners because a lot of them don't like the system. Like they just naturally don't fit into it. Like they question things, they question teachers and they figure out their own way. And I think that it would, it's a beautiful thing to be able to find your passion and be able to monetize it. Cause we say you'll never work in a, a, a day in your life if you do what you love, right? And so that's something that I, I wish for, I mean, I wish that for anybody, but especially these kids who have these sort of challenges as they go through. And again, not all gifted learners do, but that's something that I encourage them to pursue as an avenue um, when it comes to figuring out what they want to do for a career. Okay. Yeah. So um, in your, um, I want to talk a little bit about you personally. Um, have you have you seen how um, giftedness has played out in your family's life um, just on a day-to-day basis in any big or small way just because of who you're married to, who your son is, who you are? Um, yeah, we kind of talked about this a little bit. Now, my husband was identified as gifted. Mm-hmm. And I and it, the reason I said that is because it's highly hereditary. Yeah, I was going to say I've, I've, I've been told or I know that giftedness can run in families. Right. So, um, yeah, he his mom always tells the story about how he would get his work done real fast and then he would uh, bother other kids and that would get him in trouble. <laughs> I can see him doing that. <laughs> so he would just get all his work done and then he was all bothering or talking to someone else. And so he was constantly getting calls home. And so finally, I guess they decided to test him and then they found he was gifted. And then I guess you know, gave him uh, some more uh, things to challenge him. So, yes. uh, so I mean, that, that I guess that could be one of the areas um, 
and, and it may be again my son hasn't been identified and you know I could have pushed it but you know I just didn't I, at the time I didn't have the mental capacity to do that working full-time and I just didn't I just wanted to make sure he got his needs met as right. far as them. That's ultimately the goal. That, that, was, that was my goal in my mind. I, I could care less if he was Cody gifted or not. I wanted his needs to be met and, you know, just trying to connect with the educators and teachers and uh, continue to nurture that gift and talent that I know that he has. So, right. oh yeah. Okay. So if you could leave parents with any words of encouragement as they sort of do that same thing, work to make sure that their kids' needs are met, what would you say to them? Um, just be persistent. You know your child. You know what they're capable of doing and what they're not capable of doing. And be their advocate, <laughs> you know? Be persistent, um, lay out what you see their strengths are. And sometimes people see strengths that you don't see either because teachers will be able to see things and tell you things as well. You know, it's kind of a two-way street, but you're still an advocate for them. Continue to push it, continue to nurture those gifts and talents that they have by keeping them involved uh, in activities that's going to help them grow in those areas, uh, allowing them to do different things, you know, expose them to uh, lots of different things so that they can, you know, decide which one they're more passionate about or not. So that that's my advice, you know, be your child's advocate. Um, don't let people talk you out of things. <laughs> if, that's a good one. That's a good if, one. If you feel that your kid is gifted, then push it, you know. Um, like I said, the, there was one teacher who wanted to meet with us and she thought that Bryce was gifted too, but what she wanted to do, it was like a, a condition. If he does X, Y, D, Z, then he can get my teacher recommendation. Well, you know, I really didn't have time for that. So, you know, either you're going to give him a recommendation for gifted and talented or you're not going to give it one. You know, it shouldn't be based upon his behavior or based upon any of that. But she was a new teacher and I, I can't really fault her, you know. Yes, and you can. <laughs> Uh, she was she was new to, new to teaching, and I and I'm I'm grateful that she recognized something different. She just didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> but uh, and 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 I wish I had stayed on top of it just a little bit more. I could have pushed it, and he probably could have been uh, put into that category of giftedness. But uh, you know, it's okay. We're okay. Right. Right, right. And he's almost at the end. I cannot believe it. How are you doing with that? Well, no, I know. Just, you know, I mean, this is where you want your kids to be. You know, I'm excited for him. I'm excited for the future to find out where he's going to land, you know. So I'm, I'm, I have my nervousness and about, you know, if he's really ready or not. And, but, you know, all you can do as a parent is, he's like you said, prepare the way and, you know, give them the tools and, you know, I'm hoping he'll continue to rise to the occasion. He always has in the past. So yeah, I'm excited. All right. On that note, we can end there. I want to thank you so much for talking to me today. This has been fun. I don't think I've laughed so much <laughs> on a podcast. Well, good. I'm glad I was able to um, provide some entertainment and laughter for you. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, thank you so much for having me. I'm sorry, what'd you say? I said, thank you so much for having me.
No problem. And um, I look forward to having you on again. Okay. All right. Bye.